I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. All right, on to the Titans v. the Rays. Before we get there, though, make sure to grab a case of Bloke in a Bar. Bloke Mitty now in every Liquor Legends in New South Wales and Queensland. And I think also we're starting to be put into ACT Liquor Legends as well uh, and some Victorian ones. Uh, plus the OG Bloke, the OG full-strength Bloke, is in every single Celebrations, Bottle O, Porter's Liquor, and IGA Plus Liquor in New South Wales ACT or every single Celebrations Superstore in Queensland. Go to our website, Put in your postcode, it'll show you the nearest stockers. Plus, go to bloke.shop, grab some bloke merch. We've got plenty there. We've got hoodies, beanies, all that good stuff. Now, Titans v Raiders. I actually picked Titans for the upset on this one. I thought that they were going to get up for it. Uh, sorry about that, Timmy. I know that uh, that hurts. <laughs> I know that hurts, mate. Um, in the end, the Raiders were far too strong. Uh, Jackie Whiten was absolutely sensational. Uh, Timmy, what did you think of this match? It was a bit of a weird one because... <laughs> The Raiders were pretty ruthless in attack, had some really good moments. Our forward pack was dominant again, but we also conceded 24 points to the Titans, who were horrendous. Like, they're really putting up some poor performance after poor performance at the moment. So they almost scored again late, which would have made the final score 36-30, which is not good enough if we're serious about being a top eight team. Uh, It's really good because I had questions around our attack earlier in the year. I still do, but we're starting to pile on a few points. We need to go back to that defensive sort of astuteness now. So, Mm. uh, look, coming out of that game, I wasn't overly happy as a Raiders fan, but we got the two points, kept in the hunt for finals. Um, That's the main thing. I thought... Hudson Young, who we speak about most weeks, was unbelievable in this one. Yeah. Like his ability to pull something out of his ass in like there's a situation there where he threw an offload, it might have been to Seb Chris or someone. Oh. They had like three on two, it might have been fifth tackle, and you're going, What could you possibly do? But part of me knew that Huddo was going to find a way out mm. of this, and he did. That miraculous footy. <clears throat> his footy this year's been incredible. Mate, amazing. Now I think he's a pommy, isn't he? No. So he's not an Englishman. No. Why did I think he was an Englishman? Everyone thinks that. Are, I so. thought it as well. Everyone seems to. I think because they've got so many Englishmen, he kind of yeah. just came at the same time. He's from Maitland. So. Well, I tell you what, he should be in that blue squad for sure. <laughs> I think now that we've 
well, New South Wales have lost the opportunity to bring Radley in. I think he's the perfect sort of personality. And he remind, he's got a little bit of Greg Bird about him. Mm. He's a mongrel. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think he'd be perfect to come into yeah, this side. It seems a bit weird, but he actually reminds me a bit of a feeder. He seriously does. Like, he's very strong. He's, like, he's not as, you know, exactly like Fafida, David Fafida, that is. But he's just got a bit of it about him. Like, he'll get, in, he'll get like, the ball just standing still. But yep. managed to throw a few blokes and get some strange offload. Um, very skillful. Very skillful. And he knows it as well. Mm. Like yeah. against Newcastle a couple of weeks ago, he, he grubbed through the line, backed himself. Like not many back rows would do that. I, I love that he's got the attitude where he's not afraid to make a mistake. Mm. And with his skill set, that can be lethal. And then he backs it up with this. We had a try, yeah. two try assists, 118 metres, 31 tackles, five tackle breaks, a line break, a line break assist, three offloads. Yeah, like, like if you look at the Raiders' resurgence in the last sort of six to eight weeks, mm. you can largely put that down to Hudson Young and Joe Tapani's turning form. Yeah. They've yeah. like the rest of them been solid, but they've really carried us and won us games between them. And like this is Hudson's best game, I think. But this isn't this isn't a once in a while thing. Mm. He's putting in performances mm. similar to this every second week at the yeah. moment. And and you're right in the sense that like every time there's a stink, Hudson Young <laughs> is around it. Yeah. And obviously, as an opponent, you hate it. But as a fan, you're like, fucking oath. And, like, I remember um, it was against a Storm where he was in it all the time, every time Hudson Young was in there. And that's why I personally believe that maybe not in the starting side yet, but he absolutely, if he continues his form, should be in the, the wider squad. I think he'll bring a lot of mongrel, like a lot of mongrel. He doesn't take a backward step to anyone. Like, I've never watched a game and gone, oh, Hudson Young's like a – He's been a bit quiet because they're getting dominated in a forward pack. Every game, he takes it to the opposing forward pack. And the thing is, it's like, if he can't beat them, like, by actually runs and that, he'll get dirty and he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, we forget that that is rugby league. If he it's, needs to gouge eyes, we know he'll do it. <laughs> he'll fucking know it. Now, obviously, he's clean. And if that. he gets suspended, he'll do it he'll again. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, and as, as much as it's fucked, like, you know, he hasn't done that for a long time. But, like, we're talking rugby league here. You need guys that are willing to take it to whatever fucking level the opposition mm. is taking to it, and sometimes further. Um, you know, and, and that was devastating that year. We laugh at that, but that was the grand final year, wasn't it? And he got rubbed out. Um, but aside from that <laughs> uh, blemish of the two, the two <laughs> like, yeah, just Jesus Christ. He's actually been really good since then, really, really good um, in, in regards to discipline that I can remember. I can't – is there any other incidences that I you can remember so. since then? He plays uh, the game very hard. Yeah, I like think he, he pushes the envelope. Yeah, but like he's, he, know, yeah. Because he plays so hard, he'll have his high shots and those sorts of things, which is going to naturally be in his game, yeah. a bit like Victor Adley. Yeah. Nothing and too bad. No. Nothing too – and, like, in the, and that's the thing, like – these guys exist in rugby league. We forget we're playing a violent, tough game that isn't for everyone. Um, and you need blokes like Hudson Young sometimes to just fucking mix it up. Isn't it funny? I just said he reminds me of Greg Bird and then Maddie said, oh, he, no, nah, he's from Maitland. Mm. Greg Bird from Maitland as well. <laughs> yeah. the same How good is that? Far out. Um, yeah, so look, Hudson Young for me, I'm sure Freddie has an eye on him. Um, you know, for example, like, and not to say that the other New South Wales Blues boys that um, – you know, didn't handle the the, the uh, Burton situation poorly. Like, I think they got there as quick as they could. But I, like, I can't see Hudson Young, like, not doing something back to someone, whether it's dirty, whether it's from behind. Like, he would just get them back somehow. Um, 
So I think he'd be a great addition to the Blue squad. I really, really do. He's so impressive. Every game the Raiders play well, he's a part of it. Yeah. And he's actually like the heart. I wouldn't say Bateman was, is as, like, can get as dirty as him, but he, he's replacing the heart that Bateman brought to your side. Like, honestly, I reckon the loss of Bateman, now you can debate till the cows come home as to why he left rah-rah. I personally think if he had got an extension, he would have stayed, but I just think that the Raiders couldn't afford him. I think that he's since then have been struggling to find that heart and Hudson Young and Tarpane seem to have gotten that heart back in the squad. What do you reckon about that, Timmy? Yeah, big time. But Beto, like you talk about intangibles, about what he brought to a footy club what he brings to a club and even players and other Englishmen, but like what James Graham bought, mm. you can't measure in statistics. Mm. And Hutto, yes, it is down that avenue of like, you just want to play with him. You know, he'll get up for you. You know, if he's by your side, like he won't let you down. Uh, he's huge. And like, <laughs> there aren't many match winning forwards in the NRL. But mm. I mean, especially for not including hookers, mm. he's a match winner in mm. a side that doesn't have a lot of X factor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's scary to think, like, I also think you've got another one of those true match winners in Trey Mooney, mm. the young Ooh, yeah. guy. Once yeah, he gets he into first good. grade, these two, they could be real, like, bash brothers for the next few years in camera. They could build something special out of them. I, I think, depending on how the rest of the season goes, we've still got plenty of games to go. But if Ricky makes the eight, I actually think they've weathered the storm of this rebuild much better than yesteryear. I think the Raiders from 10 years ago, if they were to go through this kind of drama and, you know, players and leaving, going or whatever, they would just fall apart as a club and then have to kind of rebuild again. Whereas I think Ricky has done an outstanding job. And we've been critical of Ricky. We, we I, like, There's been times where I feel like he's been a bit too heavy-handed with his methods. But at the end of the day, he has managed to turn around. Like even even Xavier Savage, like I, I feel like Xavier Savage, although he's still got a few errors in his game, I do feel he's maturing each week. Like he's making smarter decisions. He's getting used to the, the, the footy. So um, the NRL standard of footy. Yeah, I think Ricky deserves a massive rap. And I think that although I probably wouldn't have given him three years, if the market pressured had pressured the Raiders to force that hand, then I understand it. But two years at least I would give Ricky as a re-signing. That's, that's how well I think he's handled this. And I think he's matured massively as a coach. And it is interesting. I mean, if we were sitting here a year ago talking about this, we would have said, why the hell isn't Tappanay and Hudson Young playing minutes? Mm. Why is Hudson struggling to get into this team? And I feel like I'm thinking about that right now with CHN. Mm. I mean, does history tell us that in a year or so, Ricky will have him firing, playing yeah. his best footy as well? Mm-hmm. I, I personally think Tapane is the best forward in this competition. Hudson, right Young, Hudson Young got dropped earlier this mm. year. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's really interesting because, like, I you look, it's, it's easy for me to say because it's hindsight, but sometimes I do feel like Ricky can be a bit heavy-handed with that stuff. But Tapane has turned into the form front row of the comp. No doubt about that. Hudson Young has been outstanding, so it's hard to argue against Ricky's methods. Like, it's really hard to argue against it when these guys are playing. Like, him and Tarpane, like, you know, we all remember the drama that went through there. Like, there was a period there. I thought Tarpane was gone. Like, I thought he was going to leave for sure. Um, Papa Lee didn't look as happy there in the front row, but they've managed to turn it around, and I, I think that the whole squad, including Ricky, deserve a massive, massive rap for being able to turn it around. You're right, though. It is a bit concerning that the, the Titans were able to score 24 points. Um, but, at, you know, at the end of the day, they've beaten the Melbourne Storm. They've taken it to nearly most teams that they've played against. So ever since they went 1-7, and seven, they've been 
a top eight side pretty much. It's just that one in seven start that killed you. Yeah, and the one that deserves a little bit of a shout out as well is Zachy Wolford, who mm. he got us out of a real pickle because <laughs> when we lost Josh Hodgson early on in the year, we lost Sleva Havili over the off season, and it was poor roster management in the sense that we didn't have a backup hooker. Mm. Now there was a period there for about two or three games where. Tommy Starling was playing as an 80-minute man. Mm. And Ricky Shield had shown for a couple of years now that he didn't want Starling, didn't think he was an 80-minute player. He loved his impact off the bench in sort of 50 minutes. Really, like, we were short of a hooker. Zach mm. Wolford came from nowhere. I think he might have been playing for Newtown or someone um, earlier on in the year. He came, and while he's not a star, he's not going to win your games, on bugger all money, he's come in and playing that first sort of 35 minutes for us, even more at times. Um, and at a time where they were really looking to go to the market mid-season to try and find any hooker to help out, yep. giving Tommy a hand. Um, Wolford's come in and done the job exactly what Ricky's needed. So, yeah. perfect. Absolutely. Um, now, on to Whiten. Where, where does Whiten's career sit for you? I feel like he's in this really strange space. Like, anything that the Raiders do well, it's on the back of him. Whether it's a kick chase, whether it's a big tackle, whether it's a great run – and I just, it's, it's a, he's an interesting spot because he's a Clive Churchill winner. He's been in a grand final. But when we talk about, I say, you know, the Munsters and, you know, even the Dylan Browns as well, I feel like sometimes because he's in Canberra, he doesn't maybe get the same love, I guess, as, as a lot of the other players. But he's a premier player now. And I think he's kind of proven that over the last couple of years. Like, yeah, he had a bit of a dip at the start of this year, but he's really bounced out of it. Where do you put Whiten? And also, are you surprised that he hasn't re-signed yet? I, I think it's unfortunate for Jack that he has played so well the last few years, but he's got the Clive Churchill, he's got the Daly M. I would argue that they're probably the two most controversial mm. Daly M's of recent history. The most controversial Daly M of recent history by yeah. a fair whack, I think it's fair to say. And I think it's one of the more controversial Clive Churchills. There was, you know, apparently Maria Hargraves was told he had the award moments mm. before. So I think unfortunately for Jack, people focus on how he won those over his actual performances. Yeah, because he's got to be put himself at least in the conversation. He's got to be playing well to yeah. even be – yeah, to be in that conversation. Yeah. Exactly right, which he did. And I think people forget as well, like, I would like it took Darren Lockyer two or three years to move to 5'8". Mm. Right? It's taken Jack White and I would say less time to be better at 5'8". Than the transition time it took Lockyer to move there. Like, I think Jack... To be better than he was at fullback, you mean? Yeah, well, I, like, I, I would say that Jack, when he got moved to 5'8", like, personally, I thought it was going to be a train wreck. Mm. I just... He didn't have the passing game. He didn't have the kicking game. I didn't think it was going to work. I would say that Jack's transition to 5'8", it was probably quicker than Darren Lockyer's back in the day. Mm. I think he won a premiership in his second year. Lockie. Lockie, yeah. When did he move there? Wasn't it like 04 or not? I think, yeah, they won, in, well, they won in 06. They won in 06. Okay, yeah. sure. But like they went within a beast dick of winning a comp in their, his first year at 5'8". Second? Second? Yeah. Like he, he won a Dally M. He, yeah. won a, he had a Dally M and a Clive within two years of moving to 5'8". Yeah. I mean, you know what? It's a it's a fair argument. I think I think maybe because Lockie's one of the goats, it's like when as soon as you say that, you go, whoa. But that's the point I'm making. Yeah. Like I, I think that we need to appreciate the transition that Jack has made. And, like, once again, with all due respect to Lockie, a team of stars as yeah, well. that's a good point. Raiders didn't really have that. They were a bottom eight team mm. when he moved to 5'8". All of a sudden, they're playing in a grand final. You're right, Gary. First, his first year, 5'8", was 2019. Yeah. So and, and I think for listeners as well, you're not saying he's a better 5'8 than Lockie. Not in any way, yeah. shape, or form. Yeah. But I think people need to appreciate how hard it is to make that transition to a key position. Yeah. Like, and 
you can talk more about it. Before he moved to 5'8", I didn't even know what position Jack was, whether he was a better fullback or a center either. Mm. So he's moved to a completely different position, which personally I didn't think he was going to be able I to think, do. If I recall correctly, I think I liked him as a center. I think. That's my vibe as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't know though. I can't remember. Yeah, he was a gun center. And mm. center is probably his best position, but particularly at a club like Canberra where they were lacking stars, he was too good to sit outside there. Like you had to <laughs> yeah. get him in a key position. Mm. Fullback I thought was... Arguably his best position But again They're a little bit short on halves They thought We need to get Jack's hands on the ball As much as we can He Mm. went in there With not a lot of really halves experience He debuted in the NRL On the wing Um, So he's been all over the place And and you touched on Like his evolution As a 5'8 His kicking game Took time to come It's come along In leaps and bounds Particularly short kicking game Mm. He's always had the big boot on him He's always Mm. been able To send the ball a long way But his finesse Of his short kicking game Has come so far And I think you're right Kempi um, obviously a little bit biased being from down the Canberra area, mm. they do get overlooked in terms yep. of if he was at a Melbourne Storm, probably not a Melbourne Storm, a Sydney Roosters or a Brisbane Broncos, mm. he'd, like his name would be, he'd be front page of the paper every week. But yeah. um, no one gives a, a rat's about us poor old Canberra <laughs> folks. So. Well, I'm not actually not from Canberra for the record, but yeah. No, yeah, like it's, it, it's it, out of sight, out of mind exactly kind of stuff. Right. If he was in, like if he was playing for the Roosters, he would be fucking adored. And I think yeah. that if he was also playing in a Sydney club, we would also appreciate more that he moved to 5'8 when he never was a 5'8. It's been four years. He's had like three different halfbacks. Mm. He's gone Caesar. He's gone Williams. Now he's got Fogarty. I know. People hate when I say this. People hate when I say this. A lot of Raiders fans get on me for this. I still think the letting go of Caesar was a bad decision. Like I fucking, I thought he was a good solid seven, and he complimented Whiten fantastically. But Raiders fans hate when I say that shit. Um, Anyway, uh, as a Raiders fan, do you hate that? Nothing. (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) So you don't reckon he was he was good for for Whiten? Uh, no. Really? Oh, he was okay. And he had some moments, but I I thought Georgie Williams coming in was a vast improvement. Yeah, oh, look. I, I, I see what you're saying. Individually? I, I see what you're saying as an organising half um, alongside Jackie who loves yep. to run the ball and play a bit exactly, wider. Yeah. I, I get that, yeah, of, yeah. for sure. Individually, obviously, I think George Williams is a better footy yeah, player. Yeah. I just thought that – I just thought Caesar complimented Whiten really well. But, um, yeah, Raiders fans don't want to borrow it when I say that. <laughs> um, Chotrich. I think he's starting to find that form again. Really been really, really solid. Uh, Albert Hoppawadi, I really like I really like him. I think he, he offers a lot of like good meterage out of his end. He's a big boy. What is he, 6'1", 2"? Fucking big shoulders. Fuck. Um, things are looking good. Things are looking good. Now, next year, it's going to be interesting to see what the Croker situation, what happens there. Like He'd be on a fair whack, surely. And we haven't really heard anything. Obviously, he's injured at the moment. Mm. But it's going to be interesting to see what they do next year. Um, with Croker because it's a fair fair work of money. I mean, I think he, he deserves he deserves it. He signed it. It's whatever. Um, but uh, Adam Elliott, 141 meters, uh, four tackle breaks, 22 tackles, um, 141 meters off 12 runs as well. It's pretty good. Did did he get injured, Adam Elliott? Yeah, he's got a hip issue. Uh, I'm not sure on the extent of it at this stage, but there's there's something there. So I don't know if okay. he'll yeah. Um, but outside of that, like if if you discount maybe the late charge from the I never felt like when I was watching the game, before the game, I thought the Titans might surprise them. But during the game, outside of maybe a 10-minute period, I never really felt like the Raiders were in trouble, which is a good – you know, they went away, they got the job done. So uh, We already sort of spoke about it, Xavier Savage. He did some really good things in that game, but he, st- he still just has those one or two raw moments. Right. More than one or two, mate. Well, well what about the one, yes, the, the one the he other is day mature. where I, I do, he's getting better. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I – 
I don't know how you feel, probably different, but I feel like he's matured a little bit quicker than what I thought he would. Mm. I, I thought it would be a, a bit of a clusterfuck all year, but there was that moment there where Jack kicked off the scrum, was it? And it went 50 metres down for the sat on his own and at full pace he tried to scoop it up oh. with one hand instead of just diving on the ball on zero tackle. But it'll all be part of his journey. I, I, I think he's heading in the right direction. I was pretty negative on him at yep. the start. He, he had a few things. He shot off the Lloyd line for the Tana Boyd try. Um, there was a ball, a bomb he jumped for when there was no one around him. He dropped it. And, and like it's – the long run, it'll do him wonders. He's yep. going to be a star, but he like – I'm so concerned. Like week one of finals, if we do happen to get there, yeah. I'll just be terrified going, like being honest, he can lose us a finals game, mm. particularly a tight, grindy game. He can also win it for us, and yeah. that's the gamble you take. Yeah. Um, but like week in, week out, there's a lot of things he's got to sort out. Yeah. I, I, um, I can, like, he still has those errors, as I said. He still has a few errors in his game. But I, each week, I do feel like he's taking a li- that little step forward, that little step forward. I-, I personally think he's matured massively since his first few games. Got to remember, this guy's, what, 19 years old? Yeah. Like, he's a rookie. It's easy to say as a non-fan, because as a fan, you're like, I don't want to lose any games. Mm. Um, I-, I think he'll be better for it. Like, I think that, you know, gets through this year, has a big preseason. I think next year he's going to be a beast. Yeah. Like an absolute Definitely. beast. It's a good investment plan. For sure, for sure. And I also think there's a good chance that this will just be who he is. Mm. I think Maybe. he will be a bit of a wild card footballer. I think that's fair to say. And, you know, when it works, it'll be sensational and yeah. you'll absolutely <laughs> love him. And there will be tears of seasons where he goes on 10 weeks where he's just untouchable. Yeah. I think he's going to be that sort of a guy. Absolutely. Um, definitely a possibility for sure. I mean, if he can clean it up, oh, yeah, lethal. Fuck me yeah. dead. He'll be any like if he can clean up just those errors and get other things like positioning right. He can be anything he wants to be. It's all up to him. Mm-hmm. He could be the best fullback in the comp. That's honestly athletically, in my opinion, how much of a gift he has. And I'm not saying I don't know about footy wise ability, but athletically, he's probably as athletic. You know, well maybe Tom Travojevic is the only one if you were taking the size, but. A state champion runner with the footwork that he has mm. and the and the size that he has, he can at least challenge that top four, five fullback position. I think he has the physical capabilities. It's just a matter of whether the footballing capabilities yeah. catch up. Because um, he's yeah, we have to remember, nineteen years old, and he's already doing some pretty incredible things. Uh, now on to the Titans. Fuck <sighs> <laughs> um, me, dead man. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't want to hear that for a second time. <laughs> <laughs> I just try not to have an aneurysm. Uh, it shook me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I want to say it's getting better, but I don't know if it is. Well, that's the thing. So someone left a comment on YouTube, and they were respectful. Like they weren't, they weren't bad about it. But they were like, how can you guys be so negative on the Titans when we lost by, you know, 10 or whatever points like and we've been in games and we only just lost this but it's like I feel like that that kind of is evidence that your standards have dropped so low that you're willing to just go it's like I used to deal with it all the time with the Broncos so like like when we were struggling in those years and people were like oh you know we, we lost by six to the Penrith Panthers or 10 I'm like that's how far our standards have fallen that we're sitting here happy that we lost by six to mm. someone in the NRL and that's, that always comes off a team that, you know, you're just desperate to find some hope in something. Um, look, we'll talk about the positive things first. The positive things first is I think Aaron Clark is a great 13. Mm. The negative thing is we've been saying from the start of the season he's not a nine. Um, 
Now, the coach came out and said that they've always been wanting to put Aaron Clark at 13, which is a bit strange. Guru. I want to just stick to the positives with you, but yeah, I'm like he came out and said pre-game, we would have liked to have got him there earlier in the year, but we needed a good nine. His best position is 13. Now, if you are avid watchers of this podcast, you will recall me and the great Gurino uh, perplexed because earlier in the year, before the season had started, Holbrook had said that Clark has the nine jersey. And so when I see stuff like that, I'm just like, look, things can change for sure. Things Maybe he got 10 games in and he was, at that point, he realised he's not an nine and I want to get him to 13, but I don't have Booth there. So that, that could be true. But when I see that, I'm like, oh, it's like, is something going to change again? Like, I, I, it's, I don't know. I, I feel like if we could see that he's a 13, how come... I just would be frustrated as Titans fans. I would be feeling like we've... I personally feel like, and I think Holbrook is a high-quality coach. He's proven it. He's won premierships over in the Super League. But I think this season, Holbrook has made a few errors. Like, clear, clear clear-cut errors, in my opinion. And I thought that comment was very disappointing. Like, it just makes no sense. He came out and said that he... Aaron Clark was there nine... Let go of Mitch Rain at the back end of last season. Can you Google those comments, please? The the Aaron Clark is our nine, just to, just so that we can be really clear about yeah. you know what it was said. But I am like ninety five percent sure that he did say that. Yeah. And they let go of Mitch Rain last year because seemingly they had a plan for hooker, mm. and it was Aaron Clark. Uh, I don't know. It's just the other thing I didn't understand without you know putting the shoe into Holbrook. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Their back rowers swapped sides after 25 minutes. Yeah. What the was going f- on? What was that? Why, we, we've got David Fafita, an absolute juggernaut, who we're going to move him off Jamal Fogarty and pour, put him on Jack Whiten. I just want to know what changed in t- the space of 25 minutes to just. <sighs> well, it was mid-second half or early. Whatever, like, oh, they're trying so- changing something up, but within 25 minutes. Why is that the thing to change? I just don't. Oh, There's got to be a reason. Bizarre. There's got to be a reason, surely. That, that was. Do you reckon pre-game or do you reckon oh, it was just? Mate, I don't know. I'm just saying. Mm. Like they don't just make changes willy-nilly. When was the last time you saw a team like it wasn't injured? It wasn't HIA. They literally just swapped yeah. sides. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I, I, there's got to be a reason for it. Maybe they identified something in the video where. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> no. I, I actually because it, it came after a scrum and I and I watched it and thought. Oh, this is good. They're getting Fafita involved. They're letting him roam. And then he didn't move. And I was like, oh, fuck, surely <laughs> not. Well, is it? Is it maybe, was he on Sexton's side? Maybe they're just trying to get him with Sexton? Maybe. Mm. Yeah. Or maybe Tanner Boyd was playing well. They were trying to get him outside Tanner Boyd. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Tanner was playing left for most of it. What I think, and I've said this earlier, get him in the front row. I think you have to. Now. You just have to. It has been too long. You clearly... You know, and this is no disrespect to Sexton. He is way too early in his career, and Tanner as well. But you clearly don't have the halves to get him the ball where he needs to be. You know, you just don't. Put it this way. If he was outside Cleary, do you think he'd be that quiet? No, he'd be getting the fucking ball, hitting crazy lines. I think you get him in the front row and you just go, mate, 20 minutes are your best. 
You know the only thing about that, even when they do play to a bit of shape and have him run in the lead, they play out the back of him <laughs> all the time. It's like, why? Oh, just, it's it's oh. You know what it is? It's inexperienced halves without an experienced halves being able to tell them, hit short for the first 20 minutes. We'll, that will be there. But when you're an experienced half, you, you want that big play every time. You want that try. Like, it looks like there's space there. Let's hit that try. Whereas experienced halves knows that – I mean, put it this way. How many times have you watched the good teams and you'll see they'll hit a, a lead runner and you go, oh, fuck, there was someone out the back. There were numbers in that. It's because, like, for every one of those times where it was a clear try, they're building pressure. Like, they're building pressure. And I guarantee usually they score on the next – Two, two, or, two or three plays or at least in the next four to five minutes but it's like it's like Joey like Joey talks about it where he would be planning from minute one Cam Smith these guys would literally identify players and say like Cam has openly said like there would there would be things that I would do in the first five minutes that I'd be waiting to pay dividends in the last 75 minutes he'd say that's why I didn't sometimes didn't want to be a just a I always wanted to be an 80 minute player because I was I was always working on things that would pay in the end what do you got there so I probably have to like go to the depths of Google to find that exact quote but I did find um, on the Titans website at the back end of last year it's like an article with Aaron Clark quoted about how he's fighting to be the starting hooker with with um, Tyler Boyd, Aaron Booth, and Will Smith. And, he, and he's like literally quoted saying, if I can do this in the offside, it'll give me the best chance to be the starting hooker, etc." So yeah. he was he was training at hooker in, in yeah. pre Yeah, so this, this, I mean, if that's not enough evidence. I, I absolutely, because I remember us having a segment on here, me and Guru talking about- We spoke for ages, ages about it. How Aaron Clark has been literally handed the jersey and like we, we thought that he was more of a, a utility, utility. Um, anyway, it, it is what it is. Yeah, so, and what's crazy is, so Holbrook has come out as well and said that foreign can't get here quick enough. And it's just like, bro. And, and also he's admitted that maybe they shouldn't have let go of Fogarty. Well, that, that, that's the thing for me. I look at this Titan side and I'll go, he butchered the nine position. He's now admitted they shouldn't have let Fogarty go. I think his best player, Tino, they've played him out of position all season. He's a fr- Tino's a front rower. He's a front row. Unless, unless he's in origin, with it's a much faster game and he can play a role there. But we saw by game three, he was moved into the front row. Yeah. you got Jaden Campbell coming off. I don't understand he's come back from injury, but like name me four more key important positions in a team and all of them have been a train wreck. They've got all these quality centres that can play and they're chopping <laughs> and changing. Like, like this team lacks consistency and reliability. Is Corey Thompson fucking invisible? Yeah. <laughs> How is he not in this team? Yeah, it's that's strange to me. He's like arguably one of the most consistent wingers in the comp. In the comp, yeah, and he might At have had Titans, a game or two poor. In. Yeah, and it, it, he might have come back and had a one or two games at a poor. But Corey Thompson's a guy you stick with. Like if anyone's earned a, a right to say he's got that spot, it's it's a Corey Thompson. Um, yeah, look, it's it's a disaster year. That's there's no there's no sugarcoating it. It's been an absolute disaster for the Titans this year. And the only, one of the only shining lights is guys like Fafita, Jojo Fafita coming through. But the real shining light is Tino. Like, honestly, that bloke, whatever you're paying him, like, give him a few brown paper bags, mm. seriously. But, like, I look at a Tino and the way that he's playing, what is he, 22? Yeah, can you keep he that He can't do this for 15 years. He can't do this for 10 more years. No. I thought the the shining light for me was Bowie Fermore. Mm. I thought he was fantastic again in a again a very ordinary side. And I thought in contrast with him and David Fafita on either edge there, the difference was that when Fermore runs a line when he knows he's not getting the ball, 
The hands are up. He's mm. running a million miles an hour. And if it doesn't come to him, they play out the back and he's attracting defenders. Yeah. When Fafita knows he's not getting the ball, just jogs through the line. Yeah. The defender's like, he's not getting it. And they just mm. slide straight out the back. Yeah. Now, can you imagine if Fafita is steaming onto that as a decoy runner, how good that makes life for the blokes out the yeah. back? All yeah. the defenders jam because they're going, I'm not getting stuck one-on-one with Fafita. Mm. Um, it just moses on through the line. It's, and it's, it's honestly so poor. And he dictates when Fafita dictates when he gets the ball mm. by how he runs in those moments, yeah. which is so backwards. It yeah. should be the halves dictating who gets the ball, who's in the best yeah, spot. Because if Fafita wants it, he'll get deeper and steam onto it. If he doesn't want it, he like gets ahead of the half. Mm. And they don't have an option to pass yeah. it to him. I, I, it's the age-old tale of one of the most talented forwards you could ever. Like honestly, that physique Fafita has is absolutely generational like it would destroy any generation and then both former firmal he's just a battler like mm. you know like he's not gifted with all this crazy genetics that fafita has but unfortunately i personally just think you've just got to put dave fafita in the front row because he can't he has to because it's a mixture of two things yes i agree with you guys some of the lines he runs are just not good enough for sure but i also do think that the halves don't give enough good ball to him as for well sure. and so i think you just er erase that as a front row you erase that and you just go Fafita, dave we just want you to go as hard as you can for 20 minutes and then the good thing about that as well is like there can be no like Fafita can't say well i didn't get the ball or whatever like there can be no gray area for both parties to be in and be like you need to do more and then Fafita saying well i'm not getting the ball it can just be like no you're a front row you can literally get the ball whenever you want mm. that's what i think about. there was one of the commentators said yesterday and I agree with them. They sort of said, oh, yeah, they should be telling Fafita whenever there's a play the ball and they're on the front foot, jump into dummy half and go. And I actually agree with them. However you get him the ball, just get him the goddamn ball. But is that not the most absurd <laughs> yeah. thing yeah. to say about a back rower of yeah. all time? And, I, like, as crazy as would any of us push back on that? If it gets him the ball, the ball, get him the fucking ball. Well, he scored tries off scoots. Yeah, like, but, I mean... Can you imagine a world where we're sitting here going, geez, I wish that Boyd Cordner would get the dummy half ball. Yeah, it's so true. It's another thing is, like, so... Start of second half. I wrote this before the game had finished. This was literally like the first two minutes after. I wrote, second half, Titans half had two sets coming out of their own end and through nonsense cutout balls, like over the sideline and then an error. And I said, that's where they just lost the game. Mm. Like, that's where they lost the game. They, they had the, the Raiders under the pump. They had withstood a bunch of defense. And then they make these crazy unforced errors. Like the Campbell one, I love Campbell's... Um, playing ability he's so impressive but like to spin it out over the sideline on tackle one it's like far out and then the other one was was it sexton or so anyway i don't know who the other one was but it was an unforced error totally not needed and it's like these are the sets where you just get into the grind it's it's literally you're behind by like what eight points you all you need to do is just get the ball down the other end get into the grind and that's the problem i have with the titans is like they're not willing they don't want to get in the grind and i don't know whether that's because uh, Holbrook is a super super league coach and it's very attacking orientated and they just he likes that real attacking footy, but it just I don't know it just yeah fuck it's tough. I'd say like I find the most frustrating thing with the Titans is so often and, you know just going through some of their games this year they lost to Parramatta by four lost to the War they beat the Warriors by two lost to the Raiders by two uh, lost to Eels again by six lost to Manly by eight like lost to Par Par Penrith by a, a ten or whatever it was like. I get to the end of these games and I go, geez, they got within 12 points of them. Mm. It's a good effort, but 
they're always within 10 or 12 points. Mm. The vast majority of times they're getting close, but they're not improving. I just Sometimes I wonder if teams show up to the Titans and go, fuck it. Mm. We don't have to switch on 100% here. I feel like no one ever plays their best game against the Gold Coast Titans. Yeah, it's tough. Which is harsh to say. I feel (laughs) awful saying that, but like... Yeah, like they, like they've lost what four ga- five games in a row, oh, heaps more than that. But like so many of these games, they've only won three games all season. But like you look at the last few weeks, like they haven't lost by more than twelve points. Mm. I but like if you watch those games though, like it's usually they get the the winning team gets this like big lead, and then the Titans just spin it and just play. But that's f- what I'm saying. Like footy. the score lines fill you with hope that there's yeah. improvement, but then you actually watch the games on the eye test. You're just like they're getting worse. Like if you watch the, like the the score is thirty six to twenty four, but it, like the Raiders were always in control of this game. Yeah, like, yeah. Very like, if anything, the Raiders probably could have scored more points. I had them down on their half for like twenty minutes defending in the second half. Matter of fact, I think they were barely even tackled in their um, opposition's twenty meters. It's the same. It's the same as the week before against the Bulldogs. Like, mm. I think at half time, Can- Canterbury were leading like twenty four to four or something, or. There was something along those lines, and they scored all their points in the second half. Just same old story. The score line indicates we were in this. In reality, you weren't. Mm. It's a really, really disappointing year for, for the Titans, seriously. I mean, glass half full, though. The positive thing is I think Foran's impact on this team is going to be astronomical. Astronomical. I can't see a world where he goes there and they don't actually fulfil their, well, at least get close to fulfilling their potential. I really do. What's their potential? You reckon? Like where? Like you top put eight in there? Top eight for sure, for sure. I think I think they can be a top eight side. Yeah, right. I really do. Um, I think they've got great backs. I think Maui <laughs> Fotawaka and Tino in the front row is outstanding. You got Liu, who's a, a um, premiership winning front rower. I, I think they could fight in a, around the eight spot. So. In the, it was just this is just the second half, but they were only tackled in their opposition twenty five times. Five times in the second half, yeah. First half was a little better, they about twenty one, but yeah, five. And it, and it wasn't like the Raiders were like ultra, like just ultra line speed and hemming them in. It was just like error after error after. Anyway, sorry Titans fans, but it's just been a really disappointing year. It really has, and I think everyone, even at the Titans, would agree it's been an extremely disappointing year. They're one of those teams that you want them to be yeah, successful. Yeah, for sure. Because I love what they do. I love they've backed in all this young talent. They've, they're planning for the future. It's great, but it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just frustrating because we said at the start of the year, if we can see it, <laughs> they had that massive error of just like fully putting all their eggs in the Taylor, Ash Taylor basket, and then they made the same mistake directly after. Like as soon as Taylor leaves, they do the exact same thing. They move on an experienced half and give the jersey to the young guy and they're in the same position. And it, it just doesn't – it just – I don't understand how that happens. And, and I, I love the signing of Foz. I think it's going to be great. But signing Foz stifles one of these other young superstars. Okay, so, so someone's going to miss out on being in that team, whether it's AJ Brimson, whether it's Campbell, Sexton. One of them has to miss now. Yeah, but you've just got to – like. I, I agree, you've got to, but it's – like they, I, I think they'll, they'll lose one of those guys off the back of it. Yeah, but unfortunately, it just they have That's to. That's the position just, they're in. They yeah. have to. Like they just absolutely have to. And whichever one of those three goes somewhere else, I think they'll be successful. Mm. Oh, for sure, they're all they're all good players. But like sex, like AJ Brimson, I think he continues to deliver even when they're struggling. Um, but like Sexton just needs a couple of years. Like mm. he, he, it's right there. It's you can see the ability for sure. Hmm. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.